Creating Us podcast, hosted by the Office of Leader and Culture Development. My name is Jason Weber, your host, and I'm excited to be with you as we talk Simple Truth number 22. Okay, so the title for this lesson, and this, this is a big one, but the title is People Who Plan the Battle Rarely Battle the Plan. So what, what are we getting at here? Well, essentially, what we're talking about is change management. And how do we effectively lead others through change? What are the concerns? What are the problems that emerge when we're working with change? Ken Blanchard and Randy Conley give us some great points, and there are five concerns that we need to consider. So we're going to talk about those. But I also want to insert a few key questions. See, when we're talking about change, when we say change is hard, I would offer that change is hard because we do a terrible job at communicating. What is the actual problem that we're trying to fix? What what is the change that needs to happen? What options were considered? What impact will it have on me as an employee? How How was I able to be a part of this? Again, we hear over and over that we want to be a part of it, and especially, and I think we all get frustrated when when leaders will make a decision around a change when they haven't even consulted the staff who that change is going to impact. Okay, so here's a prime pushback that I get with this. Okay, so Jason, what you're saying is you want us to include our frontline staff in our decision-making process. Ken, but we don't have time to include them in every single decision-making process. Okay, but what about the change initiatives? And, And what I'm talking about is, I'm talking about like big change here, right? Little change, okay, yeah, there's gonna be some information where I need to make a decision, so I'm gonna make that decision, we're gonna go with it, we're gonna analyze it, we're gonna assess whether it was good, and we're gonna move on. But what we're getting at here is the type of change that's going to significantly impact others. We know, and as Ken Blanchard tells us, great leaders understand they are only as good as the people they gather around them. They know that involving people early in a change initiative is critical to to its success. I would make the case that what we're talking about here aren't these simple little changes. We're talking about significant change. Change is going to impact an organization. It's going to impact a department. It's going to impact a team. That when we're facing that type of a change, then we have to realize and understand that we have to include as many people as we can. Because ultimately, what we have learned time and time again is that when we can include those who are impacted by the change in the implementation and we give them the opportunity to express their concerns and contribute their ideas, they are far more likely to align behind the plan and help accomplish it. We get buy-in when we seek feedback. We get buy-in when we seek ideas. That shouldn't surprise anyone. But Ken Blanchard goes on to share with us five main concerns. And then I want to insert a couple questions that I like to ask leadership teams. 
So let's start with the primary concerns that we tend to realize when we're working with a change. The first one is information concerns, and that people want to know what you know. So we're encouraged to share information about the change to prevent rumors and confusion, right? Keep the communication verified facts. Share what you can when it's appropriate. And as a leader, there may be times when I say, uh, it's not it's not time for me to share that yet. But I caution you about relying too heavily on just trust me. We know what we're doing. We will include you when we can. Be careful with that because, again, we're using a word like trust. Just believe me. Just trust me. That That's pretty big. And so if somebody were to say to me, just trust me, I'll tell you that I'm probably not going to trust them, right? Because I'm I'm going to start coming up with these stories. I'm going to come up with these ideas about why they may not be telling me. But we want to know. It, it's natural. It opens up the question then, how much information is enough? And, and I don't mean to offer that question in a snarky way. I, I mean it sincerely. Because how much information is going to be enough to satisfy our team? How much information is going to be enough to ensure that they have what they need to continue moving forward? I can't answer that question for you, but I would offer it as one that I would ask you to ask yourself. How much information is going to be enough? If you have a team member that comes to you and says, now, hold on, I feel like you're not telling me anything. Okay, well, how much information is going to be enough to, to meet that need? And, and I realize it's a tough question because you have to be careful how you ask it. Your tone is going to really determine whether it's positive or negative. And here's what I mean. Now, how much information is going to benefit you in, in this moment? Like what's going to help kind of meet the need versus, all right, so how much information is going to be enough to get you to go away? Right? I, I mean, so our tone, and I definitely I added some words there, but you get what I'm what I'm saying here. So the first concern is information. The second one is personal. People want to know how the change will affect them. Again, very natural. I need to know. Are you making a change where I might lose my job? Are you making a change where I'm gonna have to learn a brand new skill? Like, what is it? How is this going to impact me as a person? As leaders, we have to let others express their feelings and be ready to answer their questions. I mean, really, this is a time where if there's uncertainty, we have to say, hey, there's some uncertainty here. But I want you to know that whatever questions you have, I'm going to answer to the best of my ability. The third one, implementation concerns. People want to know how to perform in the face of change so we can involve them in finding ways forward. Because remember, we need buy-in to succeed. So what is this going to look like for my job? You know, that's a great question. So here's where we're at right now with the change. We're talking about this. We know we need to make a change. And we want to be able to include you to help us understand what those processes are. I think that's very fair. If as an employee, if if I were to go to my boss and say, hey, I know there's a change coming, how is this going to impact the work that I'm doing? If they were to simply say, you know, here's where we're at there, we're not, we're not quite to the 
you know, the implementation and how it's going to affect your work. We're still working out a few details here. But when we get to that point, we do want to know what your thoughts are, what others' thoughts are in regards to how it's going to impact your day-to-day work. I don't know about you, but I would be okay with that. I mean, really, I, I would be okay with that. Impact concerns. They want to know whether the change is working. They want to know, is this going to be a positive change? And if so, how? Is it going to be a negative change? And if so, how? Transparency and honesty here. There, Hey, there have been times I've implemented a change that was a directive to me. Now, I'm not going to blame others. It's what we talk about in accountability. Don't pass the buck. Don't blame others. But I'm going to say, listen, this is a change that's coming. It's going to have a negative impact, and here's how. Here's what it's going to do. Here's what it means for us. Again, transparent. Be open. Be honest. Don't lie. Oh, yeah, it's a piece of cake. Don't worry about it. Yet in your mind, you're going, oh, boy, hold on. Put that seatbelt on because a big change is coming. You know, be be transparent because if you lie or if you mislead, it's only going to make things worse. All right. And then the last one is refinement. People want to keep improving systems and processes. Continue to practice these leadership strategies and keep lines of communications open. You know, we want our team to be able to know and those that we work with, we want them to know that, hey, if you have a question, if you have a concern or a problem, let me know. I, I'm going to be open to hear that especially during change and big change that's going to take time, we have to be able to assume that chief reminding officer role where we need to keep reminding people, keep providing updates. Even if it's a, even if it's a, I want to provide an update that we have no update. Cool. That's better than nothing. So especially when we're working through change, when we're working through major large system initiatives, silence is not going to help it. Keep reminding, keep encouraging, keep having these conversations, because again, that's when we're going to retain that buy-in. Okay, so the concerns that Blanchard gives us, the information concern, personal concern, implementation concern, impact concern, and refinement concern. Okay, so I want to add some stuff, and, and this actually comes from, wow, and the author just left my mind. Cotter, there it is. So this actually, this information comes from Cotter, who is a very well-known author around change. And when we think about how do we best incorporate our change, he would offer that we think about it on two levels. First, that we think about change from an organizational level. Second, we want to focus a change on the people within the organization. So again, think about change. How is this going to impact the organization? Second, how is this going to change the people? How is this going to impact the people within the organization? And here's why. And what he offers and what he says is that research has shown time and again that for any change to be effective, change efforts should be focused on the people. Because remember, what is an organization? A collection of people working towards a common goal. And so if our employees are the ones that are impacted by change, then they should be the ones implementing. Now, how do we make this occur? Well, we need our employees to realize their own potential. And we need to empower our employees to take control of the situation and the effort that's in front of us. 
And there's a lot more that goes into it. And there's some key questions that Cotter gives us that I absolutely love when we think about how do we become a change leader? And this really feeds off of this notion again that employees need to realize their own potential in a change effort and take control of the situation. It comes back to this idea of choice where we have to choose what role we want to play. And so there are two questions that Cotter gives us these are big questions, and I've been debating whether or not I want to include them in this podcast because of timing, but I'm going to go ahead because I've teased them enough. And so here's the first one. You need to ask yourself two simple questions when we're realizing what is our potential in this change effort. There are two questions. First, is there something I can do to make the organization a better place? Is there something I can do to make the organization a better place? Second, is there something I personally need to change to make myself a better employee? Okay, so we're going to go back. What I started with here from Cotter is, is there something I can do to make the organization a better place? And number two, is there something I personally need to change to make myself a better employee? So organization, then employee. So if you answered the first question, which again is, what can I do to make the organization a better place? If you answered yes, then it is the employee's responsibility to do what needs to be done to make the improvement. If the answer to the first question is no, which again, is there something I can do to make the organization better? And you said no, then the employee is at a place where he or she needs to decide if the job is a correct fit. See, big questions, like I told you. So the second question, is there something I personally need to change to make myself a better employee? If the answer to that one is yes, then it's the employee's responsibility to do what needs to be done to make the improvement. If the answer to this one is no, then the employee also needs to decide if they have surpassed the growth potential in the job. You see, both of these questions play a significant role into our engagement. The first question is going to focus on an employee's ability to step up and control or really affect the organization. The second question focuses on an employee's ability to step up and control their own behavior. You know, ultimately, you have to decide, what is your role? We know the concerns that are going to be present. Ken Blanchard gave them to us. We know and we understand that change is hard. So now the question is, what role are you going to play? I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Creating Us podcast. If you have any comments or questions, please let me know at jason.weber at ttu.edu. Until next time, take care.